0: I am Gian, the founding pastor of Victory Church, and from Odessa, Texas, I say, welcome to this broadcast. The topic of this morning is the true love. Worship service 277, February 13, 2022, from Odessa, Texas. I invite you to go to our website, vchurch.us, and download the bulletin of this teaching. Also, you can do it simply by putting your phone your camera phone towards the QR code if you're watching in the comfort of your home, and then you will be able to download the bulletin of this teaching. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your support. We cannot do what we do if it's not because of the grace of God and your help. Thank you so much. You can help us by going to vchurch.us forward slash give Or you can send a text message. The number is 432-268-0007. And just type the amount, $20 or $2,000, whatever you may be able to give, and the system will take you through. Thank you, beautiful church members. With your support, we can do this work. Thank you, Tracy, for the songs. Thank you, Sebastian, for your work with our broadcast. So we are going today to talk about the true love. And we start by reading the first scripture in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, guide us through this reflection. John chapter 15, verse 13. The greatest love people can show is to die for their friends. Those are the words of the Lord Jesus. And, you know, it is really amazing when you think about what the Lord Jesus did by dying on Calvary, and uh, you you know very well that that was not easy for him, and it could be not easy for anybody, simply dying, you know, giving your life, but uh, in order to do it, he needed to fulfill the, the plan, God's plan for humankind to save us, and the true love is exactly that. It's the love that the Lord God has for us, The Lord God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for you. But I want you to understand something very important. The death of our Lord Jesus actually began the night before in Gethsemane. The chapter 26, verses 36 through 46 in the Gospel of Matthew describes what happened in Gethsemane. The Lord Jesus knew that he needed to go through Calvary because it was necessary for him to die to save us in order to redeem us. But he needed to prepare himself for that, so prayer was the way to go. So he goes, actually he brought with himself his main circle of friends, his most uh, intimate disciples, and uh, guess what happened with them? They are falling asleep when he says, you must pray. because. There are going to happen difficult things for us. (laughs) And they were asleep. However, the process of getting himself ready didn't stop because others were not helping him. I want you to keep that in mind because in order to give his life for us, the Lord Jesus needed to prepare himself mentally, spiritually, and receive from God the power, the real power, to overcome death. Because after his death on Calvary, he was risen, and he is alive. Something amazing that shows us precisely the supernatural nature of the Lord God, our good, our good Lord God Almighty. Beautiful. But speaking about the true love and the way that we connect with the people that we love, I would like to start talking today, keeping in mind the idea of the true love that the Lord Jesus, Jesus showed. I would like to start by talking to you about how the interaction with, uh, within a couple, girl and a girl and a, and a guy, will go, will develop because there is love, attraction, passion, romance, so many wonderful things going on in a couple because they are longing to be together, to, to be married, to have a family, perhaps children, and uh, you know, grow older together. That idea, I think, is the dream of everybody we all dream about. Some people, they, they, they feel that there is no need to have somebody with themselves, which is okay. But majority of people are longing for that particular one. And in fact, you know, many have tried and didn't work out, and they decided to continue their lives by, by themselves, which is okay. But still, if anyone is looking for somebody and wants to love somebody, Loving someone is more than liking that person. It is. You know, because you can like somebody. Let's suppose you are starting a relationship with somebody or you are in a uh, relationship already. Perhaps you are married or you are just dating. You know that with the past of the time, when you start to get to know this person, you will start to see all those little not nice things that everyone has and you also have them (laughs) isn't it true that that's the truth you know the truth is we feel attracted to people for their beauty for their intelligence perhaps or many other qualities and all that is is true exists is there but at the same time there are some cons. Not, not everything is a pro, right? There are some cons. It's somehow, like I always teasing people say, it's like the moon. You know, the moon is beautiful, but it has a dark side. <laughs> we all have our dark side. However, loving someone is a determination that we have at some point to be with that person for the rest of our lives. How beautiful is to see couples developing that romantic life. I personally like romance, not just in my home with my wife. I love to see romance in couples. Sometimes, for example, if you are walking in in the streets, uh, doing something near your home, exercising perhaps, or just picking up your mail, and suddenly you see a couple there holding hands or they are sitting uh, one next to the other in their favorite chairs drinking their tea or coffee and uh, and you think that is romantic it is very romantic to see someone for example picking up some flowers in the store and you see this guy walking out and you know this is going to be a beautiful night for somebody because this guy decided to bring flowers to his wife. Romance is necessary in, in our marriages. Romance will keep your your love active. And of course, there are many ways to show romance. You know, sometimes it could be through actions of love, like uh, taking care of certain needs that your spouse has, or perhaps cooking a special meal. You know, romance not necessarily is associated with money invested in certain ways. You know, some people think that in order to be romantic, you have to have money, that's not true. Because if you are creative, even if you just research online, which are good romantic ways that I don't need to spend a lot of money, you will find a list of suggestions. So think about it, but especially when you get to know your spouse, and you find out what are the things that she likes or he likes. If you're a girl, you know, you're a wife thinking of being romantic with your husband. Well, the key is to finding out what is what the other person likes and feels that is romantic. Romance is good in our homes, It's good in your marriage. You need to keep the flame of romance all the time in your home. Romantic lives are necessary in a marriage. If for any reason in your marriage, that light is kind of dim. If perhaps you don't see much romance, maybe this is a good time for you to start thinking about, let's reignite the romance in our lives. It's doable, my friend. It's doable. But uh, the truth is that in order to have a, true love in our homes, there are certain things that are not romantic at all. For instance, doing dishes or doing laundry, cleaning the house, taking care of the yard, fixing problems that we have sometimes with plumbing or electricity, doors, carpet, issues with the pets, issues with the vehicles. So many problems that we experience in our homes because naturally houses, properties, Our stuff deteriorates, and we need somebody to fix those things. The true love is also shown there. Perhaps if your spouse or yourself is not too romantic, but you are the kind of person that always are taking care of all the stuff in your home, the daily chores, maybe your spouse has not even realized that that is one way to show true love and vice versa. Perhaps it's your spouse, the one that is taking care of all those things. You don't worry about the laundry. You don't worry about the food. You don't worry about the dishes. You don't worry about the grocery shopping. You don't worry about cleaning bathrooms or carpets or floors or what's going on outside of the house. Perhaps your spouse is doing it. And that, my friend, Is just another proof of a true love. True love is beautiful, but it's not all about romance. In fact, you know, every home has a mess. Believe it or not, even those homes that they look so pristine and organized, they have messes. Because are you going to tell me that you truly believe that there are perfect lives, that When you go to a house and you see that the furniture is in the right place and the stuff is organized and clean and all is so neat, are you going to tell me you believe that they have a perfect life? The answer is no. There is no perfect life. In fact, every life, every family, every home, every couple has problems. It's it's part of life. So, in fact, the true love is precisely surviving through the mess in our home. But, you know, some of those messes, they don't need to be disclosed with anybody. And if that is your case, I think it's not a bad idea for you to keep the mess of your family, of your home, for yourself privately, because you don't need to go venting much less in social media about your problems. You know, true love is precisely that. Sometimes it's about protecting the one that you love. Because there are many occasions when, in couples or with children or other relative members, everyone living in the same household, there are horrible things and you just can't take it anymore. It's not a good idea that you will go on social media and say, Please pray for me because I have an issue with such and such person, or this is happening. Or you simply start talking with everybody around you about the mess that you have. Have you ever considered that the true love is when you keep that mess privately, hoping that something is going to happen? And I will give you, in a moment, guidelines of how to handle those situations when you have a mess in your home. You know, other way to show the true love in your home is about working, making money, in order to pay for those bills. Because everything that you have in your home, actually you are watching or listening something right now through a device. Device that, uh, of course, is not free. Somebody has to pay for it the services of the, over the internet, wherever you are sitting down, wherever you spend the nights, the water you use for your dishes or your shower, the heating or air conditioning that you use, everything, food that you eat, clothes you wear, transportation you have, everything has to be paid by somebody. There are many bills that you probably even don't even know about the existence of it. Insurances, for example, or debts accumulated because at some point the responsible one in your home needed to assume the responsibility to pay for your things. Do you see that that is true love too? Maybe that person is not too affectionate. Perhaps his communication or her communication is not that great to you. Maybe there are not many demonstrations of romance or attention, devotion to you, but the responsibility of this person in your household working, making the money, paying the bills, that also talks about true love. You need to consider that all the time. Now, if there is something that is going to destroy your marriage, is when you stop talking to each other. If you stop talking to each other, you are going to stop your life. There is no life in homes where there is no communication. Certainly today, we use uh, methods of communication via text or email We even use emojis sometimes to communicate one another. There are ways sometimes that is very useful to write a little note for someone in our home. Please take care of this. And you tape it in the refrigerator or in some area that you have specifically for that purpose. You don't want to wake up somebody, that's fine. You write a note, please do this, take care of that. Or I will bring this or I did that. But stopping the, the verbal communication with one another is not going to resolve anything. And there is nothing worse for a relationship than that. It's very hard for people sometimes to learn, to administrate their feelings and thoughts and becoming able to express and communicate what they are feeling and what they are thinking Sometimes the problem is that they do are able to uh, express and communicate, but is their spouse or someone else in the house that is absolutely unable to communicate? You just can't get through. Sometimes the communication becomes uh, a constant argument, a constant fight. If and you know the issue is that the emotions take over sometimes. And if you don't see this person crying for something, this person is upset for something. And it's just bouncing from being so sad to being so upset. From being so angry to being so depressed. And it's just very difficult to have conversations with individuals like that. And that is the reason why many people choose to say, I prefer not talking. But the problem is that stopping the communication is not true love. Stopping the communication is going to kill that love. Do you understand? So either is you the one that is not able to communicate, or you the one able to communicate, and your spouse is not. There is a need to restart talking and learning how to do it. Sometimes, probably you are thinking, you just don't know what happened. You know, what he did is unforgivable. Sometimes it's the other way around. It's you, the husband, saying that. You have no idea what she just did, and she did it again. To what degree things can be unforgivable? One important thing that we need to take into consideration all the time is how the good Lord sees us, and what is what he thinks about our own mistakes, our own sins, our own failures. The other important thing that we need to consider about it is, uh, for example, how the law handles things when people break the law, how companies handle their policies when employees are not compliant to the rules. And those are important things to take into consideration when it's about failures and disappointments in in your relationship with your spouse. Because certainly in your heart, you must be willing to forgive and let go. You should do that. And the workplace happens the same way. Supervisors say, you know what? It's okay. We are not going to go after you to pay us for what you did or this, but we need to let you go. You see, th- there has to be a balance some, somewhere, somehow in between your heart, how, is, how you are handling the hurt and the pain and certain decisions that you, you should take and vice versa. Sometimes it's you, the one causing all these problems, and you just expect that everyone else, your spouse or family members, they should forgive you just because they have to. And in your mind, you are thinking, well, forgiveness is just, forg- forgiveness is related with forgetting. And uh, just forgive me and forget it and let's start all over again. Just let me be and do whatever I want. That's tricky. It's really tricky. That is why it's necessary that both of you in your marriage should have a mentor. Mentors are so important in your life. And of course, you need to have a mentor that, first of all, has the qualifications to become a mentor. Certainly sometimes you will find someone very wise to give counsel to a couple and this person is not married or this person is divorced or this person does not have any personal experience in marriage. You know, those are particular exceptions. I believe they are some. But honestly, the best mentor you can find, it will be... Actually, someone that with his life or or with her life can testify that the concepts he or she is about to tell you are effective. That those concepts are doable. That actually this person practices those concepts and as a result has a good life. I'm not saying a perfect life, you know, because it is impossible simply to have a perfect marriage in order to become a good mentor for somebody you know that i told you earlier perfect lives with perfect marriages and perfect everything that doesn't exist but uh, you know within certain parameters you know uh, you can say you know their lives are good you know this couple they seem to get it together in the they are a good example for their family. They have raised their children the right way, and they have a good standard for, for life. They can be our mentors. That's ideal for any couple. Couples that get together with other couples that can uh, give advice one another. But the thing is, both, if there are issues in the couple, husband and wife must be willing to go to have conversations with mentors, somebody that they can give an account, you know? It's not just uh, that the girl, for example, is going to receive counseling and the guy is talking with a friend, and this friend supposedly is his mentor, but in fact, it's just a friend, friend that is just going along with whatever this guy says. That's not a mentor. You know, the mentor that you should choose should have and possess certain degree of authority in your life. Somebody that can say to you openly, this is not right. You need to change this. You need to stop that. And then in that equation, in that scenario, you with your mentor, you you are going to learn to listen and communicate. You know, it is interesting when you see that someone is able to listen to a mentor and communicate with the mentor without losing the cool, there is obviously uh, a moment when, if your mentor confronts you with the truth and you feel so bad and, and you cry, it's understandable. You can get a little bit angry by controlling yourself. Continue the communication with your mentor. When you do that and your spouse does the same, Both of you are able to start to communicate, you see, communicate with mentors. That will help you to be in that place where the mentors are going to be with the two of you. And then you will start to resolve issues to the point where there will not be need for the mentor to be present in order for the two of you talking, communicating, and fixing your problems. Mentors are extremely necessary in your life. And you can find them. Your mentors are going to tell you this, that love is going to sustain your family. Because it's true. The true love is the glue that will keep us all together and sustain your family. The love of God over all the things. Over all things. You receive the love from God you receive the forgiveness from God, you will be in a much better position to give that love of God. Imagine if if it's a glass, just to give you an analogy, a glass that is empty. How this glass can quench the thirst of somebody if it has nothing? Well, that is what happens sometimes when it's us like that. Maybe you are the one that is empty, totally empty. How can you quench the thirst of anybody? But if you go to the source, which is our good Lord, and He is the, the one source that will never stop unlimited limited resources, especially unlimited love and forgiveness, pouring into your cup, into your glass, forgiveness, compassion, and love, then you will be able to share it with others. Do you understand? Love will sustain your family. But not just you, your, your spouse. Both of you should do that. But I would like to take advantage of the moment to invite you to come to our worship service number 278 on February 20th, which is God's algorithm. You might heard the word algorithm here and there. Many people use that word without knowing what is the meaning of the word. Next Sunday, I will explain the meaning of the word, the application of the word in technology, but especially I will explain to you what is God's algorithm. It's going to be a fascinating service. You will enjoy it, I promise you. Now, if you allow me to read this passage from 1 Peter 4, 8. Most important of all, Love each other deeply because love makes you willing to forgive many sins. Love makes you willing to forgive. What happened in your relationship? What happened between you and your spouse? I will tell you what happened. Life. Because with the past of the years, suddenly, life will present to you challenges. And when, when those challenges come, sometimes we succeed and sometimes we fail. Everybody. There is no one with a perfect life. Someone that always made the right decision. <laughs> that doesn't exist, my friend. That doesn't exist. You might think, maybe somebody, what an example of life, certainly. One thing is that person is an example because of the good things and good decisions. Another thing is that this person has never made a mistake. What happened then with life? With the past of the years, all of us, we are going to face difficulties, challenges, temptations sometimes. The temptation is not in a negative way, it's in a good way, for example. By being successful, by making a good living, by having a good life and being the result of many good, great decisions that took you to success. And that is the temptation because then suddenly you could be that person that is filled with pride, feeling so successful and so accomplished and so smart that confused you. It makes you feel that you are better than the rest. And when pride gets into you in a very invisible, intangible way, slowly pride will take over and transform you in a person that nobody likes. So in many ways, sin can knock at your door. And without you thinking much about it, you open that door or you walk outside outside of reservation and then you are the one making mistakes but love will make everybody willing to forgive you and at the same time with your family with your spouse it could happen the other way around it could be that your spouse is the one that is failing and making so many poor decisions and it's a constant battle to to a point where you are just ready to give up. What do we do in those cases? Well, the scripture says that love will make us willing to forgive. Love will do it. Now, Matthew 18, the Lord Jesus said, you must forgive them more than seven times. You must continue to forgive them even if they do wrong to you <laughs> 77 times. That was the answer the Lord Jesus gave Peter when he asked how many times do I have to forgive so is there a limit my friend is there a limit think about the law think about driving records is there a limit in your mistakes driving you know that the law is going to protect everybody because the law is, is, is established in order to help us all citizens to get along well and to live peacefully, but the truth is not body, not everybody, not everyone is willing to respect the law. And what happens with those individuals that constantly are constantly are breaking the law? Well, there has to be a limit, and the law itself will we say, "Well, enough is enough." Accident after accident, drinking under the influence and violating speed limits and you don't respect intersections, you park wherever you want and you just talk the way that you want to the police officers and on and on and on and on. There you go. Driver's license is suspended and you go to jail. Just spend a couple of nights there to think about it. (laughs) Is there a limit when it's about your marriage? Is there a limit that you should establish with certain people in your home because they don't respect at all? Is there a limit? That is something that only you can determine. Because, you know, honestly, in every home, the limits are different. When enough is enough, it it varies from one person to to another. In some families, there are limits, and they say no. No. If you do this, you are out. If you do this, you are out. But in other homes, they say, no, you know, that's, that's a little bit too much. You know, if they do this and that, etc. So every family will establish those limits. But they, there must be limits. Those are boundaries. Because like the law in, the, in our communities, they are... Intended to keep all the citizens to live peacefully and get along well. The same thing must happen in our homes, in our marriages. In your marriage, you should establish those limits, which are the things that you will allow to a certain degree to your spouse to do, if it's necessary, or simply you say, these are the things that you are not allowed to do with me, A, B, C, D. And you name those limits. Do you understand? Some people say, well, that doesn't sound too spiritual. Because uh, it seems to me, some people say, that we should be willing to forgive everything. Well, look the the words from the Lord Jesus. When he is answering the question to which are the most important, important commandments, and he said, love the Lord your God. But he said the second commandment is, love your neighbor. neighbor. As yourself now the problem is many people immediately think that love is all about the Lord and my neighbor and they put things in that order first I'm gonna love the Lord and then I'm gonna love my neighbor but the Lord Jesus didn't say exactly that he says you're gonna love the Lord first and then you're gonna love your neighbor As yourself. He didn't say, you put your neighbor before you. Do you understand? He didn't say that. He just used an analogy. If you love yourself, that way is the way that you need to love your neighbor. And that is precisely the problem. My friends, many abuses that happen in, in our marriages, and perhaps in your marriage has happened is the result of you not establishing those boundaries. Perhaps you have been the victim of not just this particular person that you are now with, but is, is a record, it's a history of poor decisions that you have made about other people that you were involved with. That is always the same story because for some reason created a pattern Of disrespect and all begins because because you have not been able to stop anybody. People probably have been disrespecting you for perhaps many years, if not all your life. And all that is because sadly you didn't have the proper teachings in your home about the importance of loving yourself, protecting yourself valuing yourself. And and you have to do that. If you don't love yourself, my friend, nobody really is going to love you. If you don't love yourself and respect yourself, nobody is going to respect you either. But when you love yourself, because you know the Lord loves you, and you respect yourself, you don't put yourself in, in any position where people will be disrespectful to you, so you, are, you become very smart in your relationships. You become very strong. Get this, you are not looking for approval. You are not looking for acceptance. Because you are not here on earth to be begging for love. That is many people's problems. They are begging for love, and perhaps that's your case. You are begging that your spouse will love you, and you have done that with the previous and the previous and the previous. It's always begging, love me, love me, I'll do whatever. And unfortunately, people that are abusers, they just take advantage of good ones. But the good ones eventually need to come to that place where they realize how much they value that they are actually special people. They say, wow, I'm special, because you are special. You know, the Lord Jesus gave his life for you. Remember what I told you at the beginning? His death on Calvary began in Gethsemane, because here in in Gethsemane, when the Lord Jesus was praying, he lived the same experience that you lived, the abandonment. False accusations. What else? Well, he knew that he was special. He knew that he was loved, that he was respected. He knew it. So you have to see it that way. You need to see that, that you are, you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be respected. You're just nobody. No, you are Somebody. You are not nobody. You are somebody. The Lord Jesus gave his life for you. So you you need to see yourself like someone that is valuable, special, important in the eyes of God. So you regain perspective. You regain love for yourself. Self-respect. Exactly. Exactly. And you need to know, you need to show that love to yourself. Sometimes, and I say to people, you need to go and get yourself something, buy something for yourself, just because. (laughs) Something, what is what you like? You like good food? Or perhaps you like a, a cologne, a perfume, a lotion. You like a massage? You like shoes. or Perhaps you like books or you like devices. You like trips. You like a restaurant. What is what you like? Get something for yourself. You need to show love to yourself and enjoy it. You buy something for yourself. You go to a a place to please yourself. How many people are able to do that? It's not that you are selfish. Now, if you do that every single day of your life, it's different, but I don't think it's the case. I'm talking about individuals that are tender-hearted. Perhaps you are that person that people have not appreciated for many, many years, and you are tired of that. You are sick and tired, and you are done with that game, and you say, I gotta change something. I'm not doing right, and I need to change that. Well, here is the way to change it. You need to love yourself. You need to see how the Lord loves you. The true love of God makes you feel loved. You are forgiven and loved. So you love yourself. You respect yourself, and you're going to show that love through different actions. You know? Let me share with you this other scripture. Words from the Lord Jesus in John chapter 15, verse 19. If you belong to the world, the world will love you as it loves its own people. But I have chosen you to be different from those in the world. So you don't belong to the world. And that is why the world hates you. You need to learn to handle rejection. You know, the light is not compatible with the darkness. It's like trying to mix oil and water. No. You can try to combine them, but eventually they separate one another. The Lord Jesus says, you don't belong to the world. And that is why the world doesn't love you. They, they hate you. You know, it is sad, but sometimes in marriages, it happens to that extreme. Not I'm not saying all divorces are the result of that. Don't take me wrong. But it's a fact that in many marriages, they're still being married and probably continue being married for the rest of their lives. They cannot get along because they don't belong to the same spirit. One is in the kingdom of the light, in the kingdom of God, and the other is in the darkness. And imagine you are in the kingdom of the light, and you are longing to be loved by that person that is in the darkness, belongs to the world, there is no way this person is going to love you. That's why you have to learn to handle rejection. You have to learn to handle rejection with your spouse. You have to learn to handle handle rejection with your relatives. You have to learn to handle rejection in the workplace in the marketplace, with your friends, everywhere you go. Sometimes, my friends, even you have to learn to handle rejection in the church. Because sadly, in some churches, you have people like the Lord Jesus said some are wheat and others are weed, and they need to grow together. So at the end of times, He is going to separate them. Isn't it interesting? So imagine you want to practice the true love in your marriage, in your home, with your family. And you are doing everything you can possibly do to do it by the book, to follow the principles of the Scripture. And yet, you don't get the results you were expecting. Why is that? Well, because sometimes the world will hate you. And what are you going to do about it? Well, learn from the Lord Jesus. Before he died on Calvary, he needed Gethsemane just to get prepared in prayer, knowing he was loved. And if he needed to go through that, he went through that. And sometimes it's what we need to do. Sometimes it's what you need to do in that workplace. You know they don't like you because you are a believer. Sometimes in the family, they don't like you because you are a believer. With different circles. They just don't like you because you are in the light. You are not part of the world. So whenever is, you are forced to be part of that, those kind of environments, you just go there, prepare to handle rejection. So what? There is one scripture, John 15, 26 and 27, section A. I will send you the helper from the Father, The helper is the spirit of the truth who comes from the Father. When he comes, he will tell about me and you will tell people about me too. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with you to help you to speak the truth in love. The Holy Spirit, my friend, is your helper. Do you see how in order to practice, and execute the true love in life. Everything begins with the Lord Jesus and his death. And now he is telling you, you have to go through something similar. Just let the Holy Spirit guide you. But the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So I gave you at the beginning ideas about how to improve your life, having a mentor, in in knowing how to handle your communication because it is necessary for you to become a person that will be able to speak. But you need to speak the truth, not just to speak. You need to learn to speak the truth, but not just to speak the truth. You need to be able to learn to speak the truth in love because that will make you effective that will make you different. You know, telling the truth to a certain degree is not that difficult. But sometimes we are telling the truth to people that are not even part of the problem. Well, sometimes we are telling the truth to the person that is part of the problem. But we are not telling the truth in love. We are just being mean. And what could be the result of that? But I can promise you something. When you are able to learn your, to handle your emotions and your thoughts, and you process well every circumstance, and you let the Holy Spirit really control you, control your mind, control your feelings, control your emotions, controlling your mouth, you are going to be able to speak the truth in love. And when you do that, my friend, you will see a wonderful fruit. You know what is that? Repentance and humility. Repentance and humility are the result of the work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of people. Perhaps you are that person today. Perhaps you are the one that, after listening to all this, you begin to think, I don't think I have handled my life the right way. I can see how much mistakes, how many mistakes, how much damage I have provoked. I am a mess. I have made and created this mess. If you started to feel right now With remorse and a little bit sad, that is the beginning of the repentance process, my friend. Repentance is beautiful because we'll take you to a place of humility. And do you know that that is the big difference between people in the light and people in the world? What is the beginning of Satan? Pride. I want to be like God. When you realize that the beginning of the disaster and fall of all the people in the world throughout history is because of pride, then you understand why the Lord Jesus said the wheat and the weed need to be together. Do you know that wheat and wheat, they look similar in the fields? But there is a big difference when they grow with the past of the months. The wheat itself starts, starts to bend. And it is because the weight of the wheat itself bends the branch, bends humility. Wheat doesn't have any fruit. There is no seed. They Continue being straight. They don't like to bend. But if you today are feeling like the wheat, that you are repenting and you feel the, necess- the necessity of repenting and being humble, that is a clear indication that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Working in your heart. Repentance is a process that requires First of all, the recognition that you are a sinner. But also requires the recognition of someone that can be your Savior. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. The true love is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the things that he will do is to heal you. Yes, my friend. Today, wherever you are you probably are hurting emotionally, mentally. Even farther, maybe you are hurting physically. Perhaps today, your body is hurting so much. There are things that are just way too much for you to handle. I wanna pray for your healing. I wanna pray for you. If you are following the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you know that this message is exactly for you. You grasp concepts throughout the message. And you should play this again, listen to to this again, study this again, because it's important. Great truths came to you today. Make notes. But now we are at the end of understanding that Repentance is needed. Change is needed. The Holy Spirit is touching your heart and you are willing to make those changes. With your willingness to change, listen carefully, with your willingness to be humble in the presence of God, your healing is going to come to you. To touch your mind, to touch your body, to touch you totally, that will transform your life, your marriage, your family, your life entirely. So I invite you, lift up your hands right now and close your eyes. And I pray to the Lord God Almighty that He will visit you in this very hour, in this very moment, and touch you. And I can see In my heart, in my spirit, that somebody right now is being healed in his left ear. I see somebody that is hurting in one arm, too, being healed right now. Somebody is being healed with a pain in his legs. It's a tremendous pain in the legs, and the Lord is healing this person. The Lord is healing somebody in his kidney, The Lord is healing somebody with issues with the toes. I believe it's the right foot. Receive your healing right now. People with headaches right now, you are healed. The headache goes away, goes away. People with intense problems in cavities right now are receiving healing. The healing of God is coming upon you, on your throat on your shoulders. You can move now your shoulders. You can move your arms. You can move your arms. The healing of God is coming upon you and your heart. It's coming to regulate your blood pressure. The, the Spirit of God is coming upon you to regulate your sugar levels also. The Spirit of God is there to heal you, to touch you, receive your healing, my friend, for the glory of God, for, for the glory of the good Lord receive the power of God in your heart now that you are experienced the healing you are willing to let go to all hostility animosity resentment and lack of forgiveness you are because this is the moment that we are taken to praise the name of Jesus according with John 316 God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not be lost but have eternal life. Declare those words with me. Dear God, say these words. Dear God, thank you for showing me the true love. Thank you for showing me the path. Thank you for showing me that I am a sinner. Thank you for showing me that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I open my heart today. Come inside of me, dwell in me, wash away my sins, make me a new one, a new person, ready to serve you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm so glad my friend that you received today healing that you also receive the blessing of the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus. And I am very pleased to tell you that this was the message the True Love Worship Service 277 on February 13, 2022. I hope that I will see you soon. Don't hesitate to share this message. Find a way To share the link, whether it's in any of the social platforms. Bless somebody with this broadcast. Have a beautiful rest of your day. From Odessa, Texas, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Victory Church, my wife Tracy, my team, we say to you, have a beautiful Sunday. The true love. Hey, 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 hey. That's all. That's all. That's all, folks. (laughs) Time to go home. (laughs) Ciao.